Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Welcome to the Movement Church. Welcome. We are so glad that you're here. I know Pastor Bree um, already said it, but we are so glad if you're visiting for the first time that you chose the Movement Church to hang out with on a Sunday. Um, we are we are diving headfirst into uh, week one of a brand new series called Hashtag Basic. Yeah. Hashtag basic. Um, but before we move on, before we move on, uh, I do want to do one thing. I want to honor our past, our pastors, our senior pastors. Um, they are in Arizona, but they're going to listen to the podcast. So I think that we should honor them with the loudest movement church, honoring hand clap, yelling, screaming, whatever you got to do to let them know that you love them. Do you love our senior pastors this morning? Yeah. Good. Good. They are, they are absolutely the most incredible people. And, uh, and I know they, I know they miss being here, but it is an honor and a privilege to be able to stand in front of you and communicate, uh, what God has put on my heart for this week. And, uh, ultimately what the movement church is, is doing in the heartbeat of the movement church. And, uh, and, and this is going to be a little different series. You know, it's going to be, it's a little, it's a little different from what we normally do. We, we do speak topically a lot of times, but we like to exegelic, exegelic, Exegetically? Exegetically. There it is. Well, big word of the day. <laughs> uh, exegetically dive into scripture sometimes. And uh, that's exactly what we're doing with this, with this sermon series. We are going to look at the book of Colossians and it's going to be a very, very powerful thing because how many know that, that oftentimes it, it's okay to be basic. Uh, there's a negative connotation that, that is applied to, to culture nowadays where basic is a bad thing. Um, but honestly, some of the most powerful things in our walk with Christ as a, as a believer is, is fundamentally uh, concrete. Con- uh, how do I want to say this? It's fundamentally placed in the basics of our walk with Christ. Does that make sense? Oftentimes people want to dive deep, but it's like trying to swim in the deep end of the pool before you've actually learned how to swim. Yeah. And so the basic, the basic things are, are some powerful, powerful things. And today I want to talk about, um, uh, that our, our relationship with Christ was not meant to be complicated. We have, we have made it that way, but our, our, our relationship with Christ was never meant to be complicated. It was meant to be basic. It was meant to be basic. And I want to read just real quick. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Colossians chapter 1. And we're going we're gonna to read verses 26 through 29. I'm going to read this real quick. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to dive into this bad boy. All right. First Colossians. Or Colossians. There's no first. There's only one. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. And they're going to put it up on the big screen. Uh, just in case you did not bring your Bible to church. That's okay. This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it is out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just the Jews, to know that this rich and glorious secret inside out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing, the mystery in a nutshell is this. Christ is in you, so therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. I love that. It's that simple. Christ, it's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ. 
warning people not to add to the message, we teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. Look at this. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you, God, for what you've done in our lives, but we thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts right now. And Father, we just pray that you would have your way, speak to us, open our eyes to hear you and to see the magnificence of the grace that you have for our lives, God. We love you. And we thank you. And God, I pray that the Oklahoma City Thunder would absolutely destroy the Spurs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm from Oklahoma. Don't judge me. <laughs> Have you ever met a complicated person? Anybody? If, if, you, haven't, if you didn't say yes, then you're probably sitting by the person that's complicated. Uh, I, complicated people crack me up. Um, I, I, complicated people. Uh, you ever been to Starbucks? Uh, I don't have any baristas in here. And you just want a coffee. You're running late to work. And you're in line. And there is somebody in front of you who's ordering a double mocha, flat calf, half booked thing. And, and you're like, I just want a black coffee. <laughs> I just want a black coffee. It, you kind of want to strangle, strangle complicated people. Am I right? Come on, quit, quit being religious. <laughs> you want to strangle complicated people. And if you don't want to strangle complicated people, it's probably because you're complicated. Um, it's okay. Uh, one, of the, one of the most frustrating things for me, um, and it happens every single day, Every single day. And, um, and I know this is going to happen every single day. It's part of our life in the Parham household. My wife, who uh, runs the soundboard, she's my cutie. She loves hugs, so make sure you hug her. I have a son and a daughter who uh, I won't even go into how complicated they are. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 this, this, this one time a day, one time a day, I've, ha- I've come home from work. I step in. My wife is looking beautiful. Uh, my kids, they're playing. They're frolicking, right? That's what they do. My kids frolic. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and I walk in, and it's always this, this time of day. I look over at my wife, and, and, I, and I hate this time of day. Because I know that this is going to be the make or break time in our, in our day. It's either going to turn into um, an MMA, you know, MMA fight. Or uh, it's going to be great, and angels are going to fly, and you know heaven's going to open, and you know angels are going to come in, and it's going to be amazing. Um, but I hate the moment when I have to look over at my wife and ask her this, "Honey, what would you like for dinner?" <laughs> From there, things get complicated. <laughs> things get complicated. Why? Because my wife normally responds with, "I don't care." Gentlemen who are married know that I don't care does not mean I don't care. I don't care means make the right choice the first time. (laughs) Or we are going to be stuck in limbo for the rest of our lives. And no one's going to eat. Kids are going to be crying in the corner. Uh, They're going to be, you know, little, you know, like Oliver Twist, you know, can I have some porridge? You know, like that kind of thing. And so, um. And I, it gets complicated. And I'll suggest something and she'll say, I don't want that. And I, was, I thought you said you didn't care. You do care. <laughs> you know? Uh, so it gets complicated. It gets complicated. And honestly, a culture has become complicated. Social media has become complicated. You look at Facebook and it's like, are you in a relationship? It's complicated. 
No, it's, it's, you're either in one or not. Like, uh, it's not really that complicated unless you're a stalker. <laughs> right? It's not complicated. Like Facebook has become complicated. All these things have become complicated. And honestly, we've allowed that mindset to creep into our relationship with God. It's become complicated. It's become about what we can do. It's become about how hard we work. It's become about how, how, how there's, there's these strings attached to the things that we have to do for God. Now, don't, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you don't have a job to do. I'm not saying that you're not called to something. And I'm not saying that God doesn't want to work with you. What I am saying is that, and I want you to hear me. If, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this. You do not have to work for the relationship that you have with Jesus. That's it. You don't have to. You do not have to. It's not, uh, we've allowed the basic things in life, the stuff that, that, that used to be easy, our relationship with God. Do you remember when you first got saved and you were just excited and maybe you're still there and that's awesome, but I've grown up in church. So I know exactly what it's like to be in church. You get saved. You're ready to go tell everybody in the world about Jesus. And then you, you've been in church for a while and the honeymoon wears off. It feels like, and then you're just like, oh, I gotta go to church again. You know, we've even made, we've made church complicated. It's like, where do you want to sit in the morning? I don't know. I don't want to sit by that person over there uh, that worships really loud. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? He's over there and he's like catching raindrops and he's, <laughs> he's like doing what the Bible says, making a joyful noise. It's not singing. It's just yelling, <laughs> you know, or by the person that, that, that says amen too much or something. And we encourage that, but sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. We made it complicated. So where do you want to sit? I don't know. I don't know. It's complicated. Really? It's complicated. Are you, are, are you saved? You, are, how is your relationship with God? It's complicated. And you don't understand me. It's complicated. No, it's not. Are you, is it, it's complicated. <laughs> we've, we've allowed it to become a cop out is what we've allowed it to do. Because whenever, whenever, whenever we say it's complicated, we use that excuse. What we're really saying is we don't want to take responsibility for the things that we have control over. And, and our relationship with Christ was never meant to be complicated, ever. It was never meant to be complicated. Look at what Matthew eleven thirty says. If we can put it up on the screen. Matthew eleven thirty. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned down on religion? Come to me. Come to me. See, God gives us the answer right there. It's not complicated. Look, are you tired? Are you burned out? Are you worn out? Listen, maybe you're tired in your relationship with, in your marriage. Maybe you're tired. Maybe there's things that aren't going well at school. Maybe there, maybe you're a teenager in this room and you have peer pressure and you have, you have anxiety. Where am I going to go to college? What am I going to do with my life? How am I going to get a job? Maybe you're here and you're married and, and, and things aren't the way they need to be, or you feel like they're not the way they need to be at home. Maybe you're at your job and your boss is just awesome. You know, just great, sarcastic, <laughs> Maybe things are just going crazy in your world. Look at this. God gives us the answer right here in the scripture. He gives us the answer. It's not complicated. He gives us the answer. Look at this. Are you tired? Are you worn, worn out? Are you burned out in religion? Come to me. Come to me. See, I think oftentimes we run from God when we, be, we should be running to God. We run away from it. When we get tired, we get frustrated, we get angry, we get upset. The last place we want to go is church. So I, you can have a thousand reasons to go home, stay home, not be here. But the Bible says to come to him. That's why this church thing is so important. It's not because we want a whole bunch of people in here. 
It's because this is where you find peace. This is where your relationship is renewed. This is where, this is where things that you may have, you may have come in here depressed and, and messed up, but listen, God, he wants to restore that joy that's in your life. And how does he do that? How does he rejuvenate you? How does he give you strength? He does it when you come to him instead of running from him. It's not complicated. Look at it. Look, we'll read some more. Uh, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Isn't that beautiful? The unforced rhythms. Listen, we're not, you don't have to force it. You don't have to, again, we're not working to achieve God's grace in our lives. We don't have to. That's why it's called a free gift of grace. It's why it's called a free gift. It's unforced. Look, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that good? When I was, uh, when my son first started going to school, um, <laughs> he was, we've, we've raised our kids uh, to think they're awesome. And it's, it's kind of, it can come back and bite you in, in the, you know. And uh, now <laughs> he's 11 and he really thinks he's awesome. So we're working on that. At first it was cute. Now it's not. Um, it's true. And we were taking him to school, and uh, I remember dropping him off one day, and I'm like, hey, you know, Trey, have a great day, buddy. And he's like, you know I will. And he just walks away, starts, like, puts his arm around a girl, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And it just does that. And um, <laughs> and I'm heading back home because we live close. We just walked over there, and, and a teacher came up to me. A teacher came up to me, and she was like, excuse me, are you, are you Trey Parms, dad? And I was like, Crap. <laughs> Man, yes, <laughs> I, yes, I am. Yes, yes, I am. I, I am. I am his dad. And she was. I was like, I, "What did he do? Do I know you? <laughs> Are you his teacher?" And she was like, "No, no, no. I, you know, I'm his PE teacher. He's a great kid. He's very athletic." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." And um, she, and I was like, "So we we never met?" And she was like, "No." And I was like, "That's creepy. You know, it's a little weird that she knew me and I did not know her." And um, and I was like, "How?" you know, uh, how, how did you know I was his dad? Cause we'd never met before. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, I, I knew it was, I knew it was you because you guys walk the same. <laughs> I was like, Oh, <laughs> but there's something very powerful in that. There's something very powerful in that. My son didn't have to go tell that teacher that I was, that was her father or his father. Cause it's a him. Listen, there's one thing you're not going to be as bored with me. <laughs> I didn't, he did not have to go tell uh, the teacher that, that I was his father. Am I right? Well, how, did, how did the teacher know? Because he walked just like me. So good. He didn't have to over, and I love this because he didn't overanalyze the way that I walked. He didn't rigorously uh, uh, analyze the, the way that I stepped and the, the direction that I went. How did, he, how did he know how to walk like me? It was simple. He just had time with me. He was around me. He loved me. He stayed with me. He didn't work. I never required anything from my son. He just walked with me. He wanted to be around me constantly. Listen, how, how, do you, how do you walk like God? I'm going to tell you how you walk like God. You just be with him. How do I be with him? Just get in your word. 
Get in your word, pray. Have some quiet time in the morning. Set apart five minutes in the morning. Connect with God first thing. Connect with God first thing. It's how you it just be around him in your life. And some of you might, some of you might be doing that already. That's awesome. I want to challenge you to up it more. Spend more time with him. Listen, the reason I know my wife so well is because I, I know I spend time with her. I spend time with her. I go on dates without my children. Praise Jesus. So that I, so that I can get to know my wife better. I know that she hates LeBron James with all of her heart. Like she hates Satan himself. And I know that because, because my wife, we have these intimate moments. Come on. Listen, I'm married. I can have as much fun as I want to have. Right? Amen. We, we have these moments together talking about basketball. It's it's fantastic. Talking about the things that, that challenge her. I know, I know what she's going through because in those moments we can take time and we just talk. And, and you know, what's great. I don't have to know. She doesn't have to tell me to do things, certain things. Why? Because I already know that she loves those things. Like I know that she loves that when I, when I, when I pick up my wet towel off the bed, she doesn't have to tell me that. Why? Because I've spent time with her. Listen, some of you, you want to know what God wants you to do in your life. All you need to do is spend time with him. You don't have to pray about every single thing that you do in your life. Lord, is this the parking spot that I should park in? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That does not matter. Should I give in tithes and offering? Yes. You don't need to know whether or not that's the Lord. Should I love this person that I want to high five in the forehead? Yes. You should love them. You don't have to pray about that. Why? Because you've spent time and you've seen how Jesus walks. You've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You've read the gospels. You see how Jesus walks and he responds and he does these things. Listen, that's how you get to know Jesus. You spend time with him. And ultimately as Christ followers, that's what that means. We're to walk and act like Christ. The relationship is not difficult. Just spend time with him and get to know him and you'll be just like him. And this beautiful thing about grace is even if you mess up, because listen, none of us are perfect and we're never going to be, but what do we say at the movement church? We're not perfect, but we're working towards it, right? We may not be perfect, but man, we, we are going to radically love people. Why? Because God radically loves us. God radically loves us. And we're going to walk like Christ to the best of our ability. Why? Because Christ loves the church and we love people. This is the relationship that we have with God. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Look at John three 16. I'm going to show you how simple it is. <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at this. For God so loved. This is how simple this relationship with God is. I know I'm kind of, I'm kind of really, maybe it feels like I'm beating a dead horse. That's a Southern terminology. Sorry. But it may feel like I'm saying and repeating the same thing. But this is how important this basic principle in your life is with Christ. You have, to, you have to understand who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ. It's not who you are. It's whose you are. Do you understand? It's not who you are. You did nothing to earn it or deserve it. Matter of fact, that's what grace is. It's getting what you don't deserve. 
It's not who you are. It's whose you are. It's who you belong to. And in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved. Have you ever met anybody with the, the so loves? It happens to teenagers all the time. Like they vanish off the face of the earth. If a, if a guy gets a girlfriend, forget it. You'll never see him again. And if you're a friend with that individual, done. I did the same thing. I bailed on all my friends when I met my wife. I was like, I don't even need them anymore. <laughs> Have a lady. <laughs> Seriously, have you, you never met anybody with the so loves? The so loves. I, I, I'm that guy. I am a so love kind of guy. My son, he started playing. Uh, I was never a soccer fan, but my son started playing soccer and I became a soccer fan. Became a soccer fan because my son was a soccer player. And uh, I remember one time specifically, you know, it's kid soccer is awful too, because it's like, it's like swarm. Like it's not even soccer. It's like swarm ball, you know, like all of them, like they're just all swarmed to the ball. There's no rules. There's no anything. It's just little kids punching each other and trying to score points. But I got really into it because my kid was a soccer player, really into it. And I remember one time my kid was, uh, he got a breakaway. He was going down towards the goal and I was never one of those like crazy crazy sports parents, you know, but as soon as my kid hit a breakaway, I turned, I like pulled my shirt over my head. I was like running down the sideline. I was like, ah, you know, I'm freaking out. Kick the ball, kick the ball, kick the ball. He, he shot it. He scored. It was awesome. And I, that's the so love. So love is irrational. So love is like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to act that way. But that's what the so love is. And that's what the scripture is saying. The scripture is saying that God radically loves you. He so loves you that it doesn't make sense that maybe he, you know, we've screwed up so much. We've messed up so much. It doesn't make sense that he loves us the way that he loves us. But he loves us that much. God is running down the sideline of your life. Screaming at you while you play this, 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 you're on this journey and you're playing this game of, of life soccer or however you want to metaphorically put it. He is running down the, he's running down the sideline of your life, screaming at you. You can do it. You can score. You can, you can make this. You, even if you miss, it's okay. I'm still going to love you because you're not a, you're not my son by worth. You're my son by birth. God loves you. It's that simple. His relationship with you was not meant to be complicated. A matter of fact, a matter of fact, our relationship with God was never meant to be complicated. It was meant to be collaborative. It was never meant to be something that we worked for. We were meant to work with him. Look at what Colossians 1 verses 21 through 23 says. You yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, look at this, Christ brought you over. He carried you over. You didn't do anything. He carried you over. He brought you over. He brought you over so you could do the things that he's, in, that, that, that he's called you to do. He carried you so you could walk out your calling. He brought you over. Jesus is always the answer. He will always be the answer. Your, your accomplishments, the things that the, the desires of your heart, like all those things are great, but Jesus should always be the centrifugal focus of who you are in every aspect of your life. Always. Jesus is the answer. And I think the bigger issue is that whenever we complicate our relationship with God, 
we actually compete with the gospel. I'm going to say it again. When we compete, whenever, whenever we complicate our relationship with God, we're actually competing with the gospel. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that whenever you begin to compete with the gospel, what you're saying is what Christ did on the cross was not enough. Let that sink in for a second. Listen, I'm the chief of this. I got a plan B for everything. I got a plan B. I'll come ask you for something. And if you don't have the right answer, dude, it's okay. I got something else. I got a plan B. I'm the same way with God. Don't act like you're not. Let's be honest. And it's the same thing with our relationship with God. Whenever we, we start going, oh, I got to, you know, if I don't do this, God's not going to, I got to read my Bible from start to finish. within a calendar year. I got to pray for nine, uh, 90 minutes per day. And if I don't, I got to at least give an orphan, uh, something. If, if you're doing that, you're competing with the gospel because God wants you to do those things. Don't get me wrong. God wants you to do those things, but that is not going to buy his love in your life. That is not going to move him to bless you. Listen, you, you don't have to work for it, church. You don't have to. There is no plan B. God did not have a plan B when he sent Jesus. He didn't have uh, Jesus 2.0 in the corner. Well, if this Jesus doesn't work, I'm going to send 2.0 in. <laughs> he, he, and if that doesn't work, we'll send in the beta version. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he didn't do that. Come on, he didn't do that. Why? Because God doesn't have a plan B. He sent Jesus and it worked. It worked so you don't have to focus on working for that salvation and that religion. Come on, religion and relationship are two different things, right? Religion requires you to work for something. Relationship is just no strings attached. I love you. You don't have to jump through hoops. This is, I, I love you. I accept you for who you are. That's the relationship that you have with Christ. That's it. That's it. Isn't that good news? It's great news. Look at, look at, uh, look at Ephesians chapter two. We're going to read verses eight through 10 for by grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our relationship you have to, you have to understand this is, this is a, this is a difficult thing for me to, to speak about. Uh, when I was growing up, I, I, my, my father, um, I did not know him. Uh, he took off on me when I was four. Uh, my mom who has gone to be with the Lord, uh, she, she had several marriages my grandfather, who has also gone to be with the Lord, uh, raised me to be who I am. And uh, it's tough sometimes to understand that, that God loves you for who you are, not for who you're going to be. And it's hard to understand that, that sometimes we correlate a relationship with the Father here on earth 
to the relationship with our father in heaven. And it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. The Bible says that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not, he wants you to be great. He empowers you to be great. His grace empowers you to be great. His grace isn't a license for you to sin. It's a license for you not to. That's, that's what his grace is. He loves you. And it's, it's so mind-blowing to me that a God who could look down at humanity and who could see a, a messed up world, know exactly what's going to happen, know the decisions that we're going to make. Romans says that even while we were sinners, he counted it joy to crawl on the cross for us. Listen, I know, I know this sounds like an Easter message right now, but you have to understand that your relationship with God is not, is, is not, is not summed up in what you're worth. It is because you were born into a kingdom that Christ died for you. And that's it. That's it. It's so simple, but we make it so complicated. We make it so complicated. And just in this moment, just right now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, the tech team is probably going to want to punch me in the face. So I'm kind of taking a, a left turn on them. Because I just feel like there are people in this room right now that just need to hear this. You, God loves you. God loves you. That's it. He loves you. He doesn't love who you, it's not about who you're going to be in the future. It's not about, it's not about your accomplishments. It's not about the things that you're going to do or, 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 what, or whatever, what say you, it doesn't matter. He just loves you. That's it. That's it. And you have made, you may have made some poor choices even before you came to church. Maybe you and, and your, your wife just lost each, lost your minds and call each, call each other ugly things. And I don't know, maybe your kids were freaking out in the back seat, and you're just hoping that the kids pastor could cast the demon out of them. Maybe you said some things that you didn't, you didn't need to. Maybe you didn't even, maybe you feel so detached from church and your, your walk with God that you're just, you're on the edge of just, you know, I'm done. I'm just going to, what's the point? Listen, the truth is, is he loves you. He adores you. He so loves you. There is nothing that you can do that can tear that away from him. He loves you in the good times. He loves you in the bad times. He loves you when you're successful. He loves you when you're a failure. That's his grace. It's his grace. And if you're in this room right now, just in this, in this moment, 
Nobody looking around, please. Nobody looking around. Just let's, let's make this kind of a holy moment. Just maybe close our eyes and just focus our attention on him in this moment. If you say, Pastor Jeremy, I, you know, I'm just exhausted. I'm so tired. I feel detached. I feel, I feel like I can't make any of the right choices that I need to make. I'm, I'm just, I'm struggling right now. And it's just, I'm on the edge of maybe quitting or, or I'm just, maybe I'm on the edge of quitting on my marriage. Maybe I'm on the edge of, uh, of, of quitting my job. Maybe I'm just, I financially, we can't do it anymore. I'm just, I'm, I'm broken. And you'd say, I just need to, I just need to come to him. I need to be strengthened again. And I realize that in my life, I need to, I need to make Jesus the centerpiece of my life. If you're in this room and you just say, Pastor Jeremy, I've, I've never, you're talking about this relationship with God that, that I'm, it's unfamiliar to me. And it sounds way too good to be true. I have news for you. It's not too good to be true. It's for you. And if you'd say, I want to make, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to have this relationship with Jesus that you're talking about. Or maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? Just for, just for, just for my, my sake of mind, I I would, I want to, I just want to, I want to redo it. I want to, I want to accept this again. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you. Lord, I thank you for your incredible people. And Lord, I thank you that you're reestablishing the connection that maybe they feel like they've lost in, in their lives. And God, that you love them and that you care for them. Father, and that you are the king of their hearts, that you'll never leave them, you'll never forsake them. And that it's not based on what they do, it's based on who they know. God, we love you so much. And we thank you. And I thank you that they're going to go out of here and they're going to change the world and the people and the jobs and the relationships, everyone around them. They're going to change because they're going to see the way that you are alive in their lives. We love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com, and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.